All right, welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. Yahoo! And today we are going to be doing an episode that was actually in our I Am There podcast, a Patreon-exclusive Discord. So if you are a member of our Patreon, even at the lowest tier, which I think is only three bucks, you get access to our Discord server, and it's permanent. So once you subscribe to the Patreon, even for one month, you're in the Discord. But that Discord now has a new channel called Podcast Suggestions, and they started popping off in that channel immediately. immediately. Yes. We put up the Podcast Suggestions channel mid-podcast. Yes. We were like, we like mentioned it mid-podcast, and then... I literally messaged late. somebody to create it. I was like, can one of our mods create... Well, actually, Dominic Roberts specifically, our, our only mod, really. I was like, can you, can you make a Podcast Suggestions channel? I don't know why a year in. This podcast is a year old, and we are just getting a Podcast Suggestions channel. But they popped off. And we got like 20 suggestions already. One of them was fantastic. And obviously, if you listen to this episode, you already know the title of it, but it's on Cartoon Network or Cartoon General. So the original request was, can you guys do a podcast episode on cartoons, non-anime? And I was like, yeah. how have we never talked about regular cartoons? Because that's a big part of my life. And I'm sure it's a big part of yours too, right, Kenny? Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up, I remember, first of all, growing up watching cartoons and specifically in in the region that I lived in, I think it's different in, in every region. The region I grew in, grew up in, it was 33 and 32. Yep. 33 was Nickelodeon. 32 was Cartoon Network. And then 34, although I didn't Disney. really watch it, was Disney. Yeah, I didn't um, watch it either, I really. Yeah, I didn't really grow up watching Disney. I even remember, like, in sixth grade or something, uh, a group of kids, like, making fun of me for watching... Um, regular cartoons like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, and also Dragon Ball Z, because Dragon Ball Z came on Cartoon Network. Yeah. They were making fun of me for watching Dragon Ball Z and cartoons, but they watched the Disney Channel and talked about shit like Lizzie McGuire every day. And I just like remember popping back at them, like, you, wa- you watched Lizzie McGuire on the Disney Channel. Like, yeah. how are you making fun Disney of Disney Channel was a hard pass for me growing up. Disney Channel also has stuff like That's a Raven, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, Lizzie McGuire, to be fair, I've never watched it. I don't know if it's good or bad. Me I either. My point was, don't go throwing stones if you live in a glass house, is my point. I agree with you 100%, King. I did not grow up on Disney. I grew up on Cartoon Network mostly, and then Nickelodeon secondary. And then Nickelodeon became more popular for me than Cartoon Network after a while. I think because Cartoon yeah. Network started to make some questionable decisions. But Yeah, so today we're mostly going to focus on Cartoon Network, and then we'll do a Nickelodeon episode. Yeah, so I figure, I brought this up to Kenny, but I think it'd be best if we just divide this, because as I was listing out Cartoon Network shows... I mean, the list is long, and we're obviously not going to cover every single Cartoon Network show. So if your favorite show doesn't make this this conversation, then it is what it is. You can bring it up to us in a listener letter, right into Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll read it aloud on the show and say, like, hey, have you guys remember this show or whatever? And yeah, it'll come up. But I have a long list of here, and these are like the heavy hitters. And then Nickelodeon will have its own episode outside of this one, because I just think it's unfair to include things like SpongeBob and... You know, hey Arnold, and all those things, all those great, great Nickelodeon shows. Yeah, like you, it's just not possible. It really isn't. Like, for example, we had to split just Death Note into two parts. You yes. know what I mean? Like, and it's only a 37 episode possibly, anime. Yeah, we can't possibly talk about all of the heavy hitters from both of these stations in one episode. Yeah. So we could just start right off the bat with one of the number one Cartoon Network shows. And a lot of this is going to be the 90s cartoons and early 2000s because. Kenny and I are full-grown men at this point and probably don't watch as much cartoons as we did when we were way younger. Uh, and Cartoon Network has evolved a lot, so I'm not privy to the newer things. So a lot of the newer shows I literally have not seen, but the 90s and early 2000s, Cartoon Network was my jam. 
So for me, Powerpuff Girls is like tier zero. If I had to make a tier list, Powerpuff Girls might legit be number one. That show is fucking amazing. It had a lot of sexual innuendo in it for no reason at all. Like I was actually watching a YouTube video, but ahead of this podcast, just looking up like top 10 Powerpuff Girls moments. And <laughs> there's all kinds of crazy shit with Miss Bellum. You know how she was just, yeah. she had the really big boob. She was the assistant to the mayor. And one episode, some seductress lady took over as her. And there's this part where he's he needs his pencil sharpened. And she was pencil, I, I thought you were gonna mention the pencil sharpened. Dude, the pencil sharpened scene is out of control. It's wild. Like for a kid, when I was younger, I didn't mean anything to me. But now that I'm, you know, a very old man, it's like, yeah, that scene was wild. Like she grabs his hand with his pencil in it and she inserts it into the the hole of the pencil sharp, sharpener for him. And it's very sexual, obviously. And then he's all like vibrating and getting off to it. It's it's wild. Like Cartoon Network was insane, but I don't obviously. I don't, when I watch Cartoon Network, I don't remember it for like all of those crazy things. I just remember having so much fun. Uh, Mojo Jojo. There's those memes that came out where if Mojo Jojo breathes, the pop of girls are just whipping his ass. Like that man could do anything minded his black ass monkey business and they will whoop his ass he was the most discriminated against villain in all cartoons i feel like yeah, powerpuff girls was dope blossom bubbles and buttercup i i watched the show this is one of those shows especially when you're younger right you're growing up as a boy i watched the show a lot but then you me know too. as you hit certain ages people try to make you feel embarrassed like i remember not me i, I watched that and sailor moon no problem don't give a fuck who cares about it Dude, I watched the shit out of this, but I remember, I don't remember the year, but there was a point when, like, the Powerpuff Girls movie came out. I don't think it was a theaters movie. It was just, like, a movie. It was, like, a 60-minute long episode or whatever that was going to air on uh, on Cartoon Network. Okay. And they were hyping it up for, like, a couple weeks leading up to it. You know, the commercials and shit, they're hyping it up. And I remember I was, like, hyped to watch it, but then, so in my kitchen, we had, like, a tiny, tiny TV, like a fucking 10-inch TV mm-hmm. that was, like, be up on the wall and we would watch. I remember I was in the kitchen when that movie came on and I watched it there. And the whole time I was like, man, I hope my dad doesn't come down. Because <laughs> <laughs> just like, I don't think, and looking, I don't think my dad would even think anything of it. But it was just like, I don't know. I don't want my dad to see me. Yeah, that is so. true. I did. If I'm being completely raw and honest here, when I used to watch Sailor Moon before DBZ and Gundam Wing and Tenchi and all those other shows, and when I did used to watch Pop Up Girls just because that was what was on uh, after like Johnny Bravo, Dexter, or whatever. And obviously, I enjoyed those shows a lot. I didn't never change the channel on them ever. I would never be that that kind of person. But when my dad would come into the room or be around while they were on, there was this weird feeling of like. You're yeah. watching a show that is literally little girls with superpowers, whatever, but it's so cool. And I don't know, even though it did feel weird for a moment after a while, I just got so used to it. I think he even started to laugh at some of the jokes because they made jokes that were for adults. So like he just hears something in the background and start laughing at it because it's more so geared towards his ears than it is mine. Yeah. But remember I remember the rowdy rough boys? I was, was there on my list. The rowdy rough boys. <laughs> I wanted more episodes with them, man. There was I two, I think. Episodes. Boys. Their first encounter, they beat them by just giving them kisses and like being nice to them, and it basically just <laughs> neutered them. The second time, though, affection and work on them because I guess they were a little older, and so they actually powered up from affection and they got really big and they were able to zero diff the pop of girls. So, but the new way to beat them, and this is wild, this showed up in top ten wildest things in pop of girls actually. 
the new thing to beat them when they got really, really big was to talk about their manhood and attack it, and it would shrink them. Now, this is obviously a joke on shrinkage and men, but literally Blossom's like, hey, maybe if we just attack their masculinity, they'll shrink. And that's exactly what happened. So that was like a whole... There was some innuendo there. There was obviously a, a play on words, but uh, when I was young, I just thought like, oh shit, that's that's how you beat people who are gigantic, I guess. That's how you beat them up. Yeah, Roddy Rough Boys were cool as hell. I remember one of them, they like ate corn chips and hot Cheetos and shit would just breathe their nasty ass breath in their faces. Like they were just literally me when I was in school in like fourth to fifth grade, just being a nasty ass little boy. You're around girls and like you just find ways to gross out girls because it's fun. Oh, were they also and created in a lab or something? I actually don't remember how they were created. Yeah, I forget Anybody? how they came about. Yeah, I don't remember where they came from. I don't think it was Professor Utonium. It definitely wasn't Utonium, and I, I don't think. I don't think it was him. But Speaking yeah. of, did you ever see like the random theories or whatever? Oh, that, God. Uh, Professor Utonium is Samurai Jack. Oh, well, that I agree with. I think that yeah, one, dude, the art style... A lot of, like, crossover between the two yeah i didn't know i haven't watched a full-on theories of how he is him and he sneaks off into the night and, and becomes samurai jack however uh they look exactly alike and that is enough for me the same exact rectangle head the same hair and samurai jack doesn't speak so like you know it's it's kind of one of those things it's very plausible but yeah, Pop-Up Girls was that work. It also had Princess. She wanted to just buy her way into being a Pop-Up Girl, which doesn't work like that. They're like, yeah, we were born with powers. You can't just like buy them. But she ended up buying a super suit. And then she became a villain at some point because she was a fucking brat. I hated her. The Amoeba Boys. The Amoeba Boys were gangster. The Amoeba Boys were so gangster. <laughs> the Amoeba. They just come up. The Amoeba Boys. They looked fucking gross. The show was so dumb. What was um the, the gang green gang? Oh, uh, Fuzzy Logic, dude. Uh, was Yo. it Logic? Was it Fuzzy Logic or was it Lumpkins? F- fuzzy, it let's Lumpkins. Go, we, yeah, maybe it is Fuzzy Lumpkins, but I know he was like a southern hick, like he was yeah, yeah, a yeah, real yeah. big country bumpkin. They ruined my birthday suit. Hands off my <laughs> property. Get your hands off my property. Hands <laughs> off my property. He, he was, was ridiculous. Amazing. He was insane. Um, I actually really liked him. Him, um, a classic. I was just about to say the gay devil villain is him. Him was crazy. So almost every devil on Cartoon Network was gay. Like they were just yeah. obviously when I was yeah. younger. Cow and Chicken. Remember the devil from Cow and Chicken? Yes, he, he was also gay. He was big gay. Like he was him. Him was extremely gay. And then so was the devil on Cow and Chicken. They had the crazy voice, like the yes. Powerpuff Girls. Like they just be so over the top. But they made the show. Him was to me their biggest outside of Mojo Jojo. He was like their biggest villain because to me it was like, well, that's the fucking devil. Yeah, Mojo Jojo was like their their most consistent recurring villain. But yeah. I, him was like the you know Yeah, what I, mean? I feel like, like he was the overarching villain. Yeah, yeah. Like the one at the top was was him to me. But yeah, F- Fuzzy Lumpkins, him, Mojo Jojo, the gang green gang. <laughs> They fought against a group of guys who literally had fucking gangrene, which as a kid had no idea what that meant. But as I'm older, I'm like, yo, they had gangrene. Like, where are the adults? Save these these kids from losing their fucking limbs. Like, they're going to lose their limbs. They have gangrene, for God's sakes. Oh, man. Uh, do you remember when Mojo Jojo found a little boy with cooties? 
And this little kid looked nasty as fuck. He had these really greasy, wet lips. And he'd be like, nom, 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 And he, they, he would just lift them up and put them towards the pop of girls. And they would lose their fucking shit. Like, they, Mojo Jojo would commit a crime. And as soon as they show up, he just turned around and had a little boy, nom, 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 nom. And he'd make this nasty, wet smacking noise with his lips and be like, yeah, if you come near me, I'll give you fucking cooties. Oh, man, this this was nonsense. He, he zero diffed him that episode. I'll never forget that. Uh, and then he ends up at the end of the episode, he ends up in prison with a guy like a Bubba. He's just this huge, muscular guy. And the narrator, you know how the narrator always comes, the city of Townsville. Well, yeah, at the yeah. end of this episode, as Bubba's looking down at Mojo Jojo, clearly insinuating something, the narrator's like, oh, can't you just smell love is in the air? <laughs> and then the episode goes off. Like, yo, they were walling back then. They did not give a fuck. It's no. cool because there was there was a lot of that in a, a lot of cartoons where there was more to them. Like, I, I feel like standard practice for cartoons at that during that time period was make a show that was really entertaining for kids. But there's a lot in there so that if the parents are in the room, they're not bored out of their minds. Yes, I think that that is so smart. I think that certain Disney and Pixar movies were basically the ones who paved the way for that. You think about Toy Story. Toy Story has always been very, very naughty. And we'll get to Courage the Cowardly Dog in a second. But uh, yeah, Toy Story had a lot of just sexual innuendo and things that adults would only capture. And I think that in like Shrek did the same thing. So naturally, Cartoon Network, in tandem with Disney, uh, realized that this is a way to make it enjoyable for adults. So that that way, when they have to go see these movies with their kids... They're not just sitting there for an hour and a half, two hours, like, oh my God, I can't wait till this is over. You know, there's actually, you can legit enjoy it as an adult, especially Shrek. Shrek is OP, but a different topic. But I want to bring up, I'm just looking at them here. Ed, Ed and Eddie. Oh, I love that show. Not Plank. only that I love the show, and I watch it a shit ton. This, I don't think any show has been more successful at getting me to buy something than Ed and Eddie and me buying Jawbreakers. Oh, yeah. They made Jawbreakers so cool. Yeah, I don't think any show was more successful and get me to really want out and buy shit. I I had a corner store uh, on my block, and it sold all the candy that you can imagine. So Jawbreakers were one of them. And I didn't really care for them before Ed, Ed, and Eddie. But once Ed, Ed, and Eddie made them cool, they were sold out all the time because they were also cheap. Yeah. Like, Jawbreakers didn't cost anything quarters yeah i think a quarter at first and then they might have at some point inflation happened and maybe went a little higher but they were pretty cheap and they would just stuff them in their mouths and have them just sitting on the sides of their mouth in the show big ass cheek yep yeah this show was great and i remember (laughs) i don't i forget what which one is actually like i'm gonna just say the stupid one but he'd be like (laughs) oh it's ed double d okay eddie is like the the leader the yellow shirt yes and there's Ed, which was the smart one, and then Ed with two Ds, and they called him Double D. Double D, yep. Yeah, this show was great. I, I loved everything about it. You remember Plank, just a fucking piece of wood that he would talk to all the time, and they thought it was fake, and then Plank was actually just super real. Remember the, the fucking Kanker Sisters? Yep. They were the just can- like these trailer park white trash <laughs> clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's what they were. The though. Kanker sisters. You are right though. That is who was the one who had the uh the mouthware, like the braces, but it it was literally their entire face was covered in like a fucking this is something that I've never seen in real life, but apparently in the 80s and stuff, 
people would it's have old TV shows and cartoons. I've never seen braces like that either. Me either. But they always show somebody with that headgear. So someone in the show had that headgear and that Eddie, if you remember right into the podcast and tell us, but I forget exactly who it was. But yes, I remember that being a thing. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, Ed and Eddie was going to... Uh, like the, the the kind of bully kid. He was like the cool kid. I think he had like the hat on backwards. Yeah, he had a, yeah, I remember exactly... I know who you're talking about. They these shows definitely always have some kind of bully character, something relatable for kids. But I didn't. So I love that Ed Ed and Nettie, but they kind of just had a show about anything. Like that show had no actual direction, which kind of made it really fun. Yeah, it like was it, just like a fun show. Every, every episode, episode was kind of random. Yeah, just a complete anthology about nothing in particular. They just be doing shit. These kids were just bad, and they just be doing shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun to emulate them eating uh, the big ass crop, basically crop babies, jawbreakers, that type of yeah, thing. Think about how crazy that like it's so weird. Some of the some of the things that existed and got sold. Like first of all, it's called a jawbreaker. Like how did that get sold as a candy for? Kids? That is interesting when you think about it. The name of it denotes that it's supposed to hurt you, and yet my parents were like, "Go to the store, get some jawbreakers, and shut the hell up." Like that was that was how I was parenting it, you know. The real way. Yeah. Uh, you uh, remember you remember Batman the animated series on Cartoon Network? Yes. So I obviously remember Batman the animated series. I couldn't remember. So some of the shows that I'm thinking about, I can't remember if they were on Cartoon Network or, or WB or WB. Because so, I was thinking about Batman Beyond, but I realized Batman Beyond was actually Kids WB, if I'm not mistaken, more than it was Cartoon Network. Like it might have crossed over to Cartoon Network at some point. Yeah, yeah. But I remember first seeing it on WB. Like same thing with Yu Gi Oh. Right, like Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh, 100%, if you ask me, I'd say Kids WB. Right, and at some point, it does end up maybe on Cartoon Network, but I remember primarily first seeing it on WB. Uh, but yeah, Batman the Animated Series was was crack. That show, like, I'm not even the biggest Batman fan. I think he does have the best movies out of pretty much every superhero. Him and Spider-Man, of course. It's not even close. Like, it's those two, and then everyone else. Yeah. But... Uh, Batman, the animated series, that Joker, I was watching scenes of him. So I watched a quick little scene before this podcast of like Harley Quinn coming into the commissioners. Basically they're in this room with all of the, the city council and mm-hmm. commissioner Gordon's there. A bunch of people are there. She comes in with this gigantic cake and she's like, I have a surprise for you commissioner. And she opens it. And obviously the Joker comes out and then there's this toxic gas that freezes everybody in the room. They can move their eyes, but the rest of their body literally cannot move. The Joker comes out, he does his little song and dance, then he puts a bomb on the commissioner's chest, and he's like, enjoy the rest of your life, or the remaining 59 seconds of it, and then he walks out of the room. (laughs) Obviously, Batman comes in with 10 seconds left, Batman throws it outside, it hits their fucking escape vehicle. The Joker's like, that explosion came from outside, and he runs away trying to get to the van, and then they look outside, he's like, boss, look, and then they look outside, and the van is destroyed, and then Batman and him get into it, and of course, you know, Batman does Batman things, but the Joker in that series, that's the one people complain about. How is he the world's greatest detective and he knows every form of martial arts? If this guy with a random crowbar can just come up behind him and beat his shit, because that happens so many times. The Joker, he's just he's he's off his rocker, man. He's too hard to he's too hard to pin down. But I want to give a gigantic props to Batman the animated series because this is something that I'm not sure if a lot of people know this. The character Harley Quinn, arguably one of the most popular comic book characters now. No, oh, easily. Harley Quinn. She is not a comic book character. Harley Quinn was created from Batman the Animated Series. Oh, I've never she's, known that. She's a. That's where she was created. Batman the Animated, 
animated series created Harley Quinn. She was so successful and such a great character and was so, like, popular and just, like, a really well-done character that she ends up fucking superseding the animated series that she's from, and she becomes a comic book character from this cartoon. That's insane, because when I think about the Joker, I always think about Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah, of course. But that's because my first instance of Batman is the animated series. I grew up watching that cartoon. So Harley Quinn has always been a thing for me, but people like my dad and, you know, even further than that, because Batman goes back real far, they probably didn't know of Harley Quinn when they were growing up watching it. Like when Jack Nicholson played the Joker, for example, like Harley Quinn, you're saying just wasn't a thing at that time, which I can totally get. Yeah, she get. didn't exist yet. She didn't exist. Uh, uh, interesting thing about the animated series is that Mark Hamill, who is Luke Skywalker, is the mm. voice of the Joker. Yep. And I didn't and know that really, at all. It's really cool because you can find on YouTube... There's a video on YouTube, and there's probably more than one, of Mark Hamill, like, being interviewed. I don't know. Maybe he's, like, on Late Night with Conan O'Brien or something. I don't know. But it's Mark Hamill somewhere. And he does a conversation between Luke Skywalker and the Joker. Like, he's doing the two voices. Oh, like, shit. He's talking as Luke Skywalker, and then he's answering as the Joker. And he's, like... Oh, that he sounds has so cool. between the two of them, yeah. That, he's really talented. To be able to do... I just don't hear Luke Skywalker when I think of the Joker from the animated series at all. Yeah, not at all. And not even not a little all. bit. Like, I would have never known that if someone didn't, if someone didn't just tell me that, I would never guess that. But yeah, that yeah, show was great. An, an awesome Joker. He's... Mark Hamill's voice is like... It's interesting, because when I think of the Joker now, I think of Mark Hamill's voice, but I think of the Dark Knight's Joker. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Those are like... Th that's like the ultimate joker basically yeah i i agree i mean i really do agree with that because especially like okay so when i think of animated joker i do think of the the animated series joker the way he looks the super uh pointed chin like his chin is super pointed like his face kind of is like a carrot shape almost and yeah. the really 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 white pale skin um obviously the purple suit and the green hair like everything is there to make him the joker then he has like that really crazy nose and he's always making a joke but then he gets like really angry yeah and so He's a, yeah yeah so that was my first i guess showing of the joker when i was a kid and then you know you end up seeing him in movies and stuff like that but uh that was much later for me and he also had a lot of other villains that he fought and like obviously poison ivy mr freeze uh bane the main those are the main ones but then he had other ones like that clay monster it was like that one guy yeah. who was just clay, clay and he, okay it was Clayface. yes and we played dc deck building and clayface is one of those broken cards it just copies the effect of another card so i'm glad you said that because i forgot the name of it cards super unfair. Cards, unfair cards unfair pretty much every card game if any if you ever have a card game and let's just say there's a spell right with no cost and it just says copy the effect of another card that you've already played this turn that card will probably be broken in every single card game like that is just a broken effect period so clayface yes that was one of the villains that i remember beating batman in the show like, he beat him, and then Batman had to come back with some kind of solution that, like, hardened him, and then he could break him and all of that. But at first, yeah. he just straight up lost to him. So that was a shocker. And obviously, he always loses to Bane at first, and then he comes back and beats Bane. But, yeah, yeah. But show yeah, was that, really good. The animated series, that Batman animated series was really cool, and it, it paved the way for what ended up becoming, like, essentially, like, a cinematic universe, uh, but it was the animated universe. Yeah. Because right? after that, we got the Superman animated series, and then they crossed over, and it was the Superman and Batman animated series. It was like mm -hmm. another own show. And then finally, there was Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, which all of those shows are actually pretty damn good. And I used to Justice love League Justice League. Yeah, the fucking storyline for it is actually good. Like, it, 
The Legion All of Doom. Them. <laughs> they had me in a chokehold. I was afraid of them. They were fucked up. Solomon you know, so. Grundy. <laughs> All that stemmed, though, from that Batman the Animated Series. I believe that was the first one that kicked it off, and then all the other ones came from it. Yeah, it was really good. I, I forgot about Justice League. Justice League is not even on my list, and I forgot about it that much, but I, I genuinely enjoyed... So there's the really old-school Justice League show, and then there's the one I think you're talking about Unlimited with, like, uh, Martian Manhunter and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it gets, like, a little bit... The graphics oh are a lot God. better. And I guess while we're on the superhero note, talking about Cartoon Network, the absolute for me, the best superhero show ever. Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Yeah, it's not like, even close. Teen I know Titans exactly what you were going to say. It's not even Dude, close. It's it's really not cl- like Teen the Titans. The show is so good is so funny, and the action is so well done. It's kind of like how like Avatar has just like really good animation for a non anime. Yes. Like Teen yes. Titans action sequences, the the fighting choreography and the way it's drawn, really good art. Really good animation, really great voice acting. I think that the relationship between Beast Boy and like how he's a vegetarian and they go out for pizza and they're like, well, what are we going to get? And he's like, as long as it's vegan, like he's really, really <laughs> uptight about the whole I don't eat meat and y'all shouldn't be doing that either. Uh, you know, the Raven, Azraf, Metreon, Zenthos, everybody probably remembers that. Her dad being Trigon as a big reveal. Yep. Slade. Yep. Starfire Slade. I remember because especially. If you're not a comic, if you didn't grow up reading comic books, right, um, you get introduced to a lot of these characters through the cartoons, through the animated series. So Teen Titans, I remember a huge theory, and it's funny because it just should have never been a theory because it was, if you knew anything about comics. But a big theory when we were growing up was that Slade was Batman. I remember <laughs> like, hearing that too. That was like a huge theory. There was like all this different things that pointed to it and ever, but like... Slade is just an actual real character, long-standing comic book character. But us as kids who don't read comic books and yep. only watching the cartoons, I bought into it know that because he fought so well, and he just had a Batman-like physique to me that I just assumed yeah. I was like, "What if that is he Batman?" Power, and he had a weird relationship with Robin. Like it was my whole thing was even though I heard the theories about him being Batman and stuff like that, I always wondered what would be the incentive to absolutely psychologically destroy. Yeah. Robin, because you guys all have to remember the episode. The episode where him and Robin get into it, they're fighting constantly, but no one else can see Slade. Dude, so Robin is getting his is absolute crazy. ass beat. Robin he's gets his absolute drama. ass beat the entire episode. And he's like, you think I did this to myself? Oh my god. And it's like, isn't his like mask fucked up and his, his hair eye is, like, is Bro, his eye is black. Dude. His mask is half off. His hair is mangled. He's bruised up, scratched up, bleeding. My man has been put through the ringer and they are afraid of him. You can, like his friends want to have an intervention and they're staring at him because he looks like a crazy person. He's like, it's Slade, I'm telling you. And they're like, it's okay, Robin. He's like, you think I did this to myself? <laughs> I'll never forget that line because my man lost it. He really did. That that was a pretty heartbreaking episode. Yeah. There was there was a lot of really good shit. Tara, remember Tara? Yep. She was a basket case, but like Beast Boy like had a thing for her, and then she always would Beast Boy had a thing for her. Let's be real. He had a thing for all the girls. Beast Boy Beast Boy, Beast Boy got around. Like, he, he was a ladies' man. But uh real smooth with it. I always wanted Tara, like, you know, to be to like really come around and be part of the team, but she always ended up betraying them. Yeah. And working. There was something. like Terror, there was Jinx. Uh, what's the other one? Because I'm thinking about these from DC Control Freak. Yeah. Mammoth. Yep. They, they had their they own little group. 
five. Yeah, they had their own little group. And these are all, I'm thinking about these because these are all cards in DC deck building. They're all supervillains in DC deck building, which yeah. is like a uh, Brother Blood. It's like the easiest way to think about them all is through that. But yeah, I, I, Teen Titans is literally in the same vein as Pop Puff Girls. It is an S tier Cartoon Network show. It's right up there with the greats. Uh, I think that it would be unfair to exclude it from any conversation about the best shows on Cartoon Network, even though this is just a general conversation about Cartoon Network. But that, you can't talk about Cartoon Network without talking about Teen Titans. And I know. So this is what I meant in the beginning of the show when I said some of the newer stuff I'm not privy to. So I know there's Teen Titans Go now, and I don't, I've never watched yeah. Teen Titans Go really. I think I might have seen it, like an episode in yeah. passing. Yeah, if you want, Teen Titans Go, unfortunately, is, it's an entertaining show, but it, it's it's a purely kid show. Like, yes. It's just like a, like a spastic, like, like humor, jokes, like nothing serious. Everything's just like silly joke, silly joke, silly joke, silly, like, Whereas, like, Teen Titans was, like, the episodes were, like, 30 minutes long or, like, 22 minutes long. They were, like, the length of a normal episode for a show. Whereas, like, Teen Titans Go, the episode's, like, five minutes long. Yeah. But you get, like, three episodes in an episode, and it's, like, they're just, like, silly shows. Um, But it, it's, like, a fun show for what it is, but it's not, if you're looking for Teen Titans, it's not. It's, it's not, not that. It. Yeah, some people even try to say that oh. it's better than Teen Titans, which I just refuse to believe that in nah. any realm that that's true. Like, sure. There's- I'm sure it's a, a fine show because Teen Titans is so good. Anything that branches off from Teen Titans has to also be good, I'm sure. But just stop the cap. Like, yeah. I, I hate There's... when people get so just like recency biased and a prisoner of the moment. Like, oh, this is infinitely better. Like, they're not, they're probably not even the same type of show. They're, they're not remotely the same. You shouldn't show. even be comparing one's, them. You're comedy kids show. The other one's like a show with a narrative. There's even an episode of Teen Titans Go, though, where they see their Teen Titans original versions. And they're like, oh my god, they're so cool. They're so much cooler than us. And Robin's like, why can't I do that? Like, it's pretty funny. They have like an episode where they see that. I also want to say real quick, a um, couple things about Cyborg. First of all, Cyborg's dope. Second of all, the Cyborg voice actor, I'm so happy that going forward, like in um in the game um Injustice, when they added Cyborg to Injustice, they got the voice actor from Teen Titans to play him, which I thought was really hype. It was it was also kind of weird though, because Injustice is like a dark and gritty game. Yeah, it is. And, and his voice is very happy go lucky. Yeah, he was like, booyah! Like his yeah, booyah. He was the cool man. one. Yeah, he was cool as shit. But also there was a really funny joke I remember in T I don't remember the setup for it, but it's like there's basically they're doing a setup where Cyborg's feeling alienated. And as a kid, you probably wouldn't necessarily know what's going on. But as an adult, when you watch it, it there, it seems like they're setting up for Sobwork to basically tell, I forget who he's talking to, but talk about how he's black and how he feels alienated. Yeah. And so like when they're getting to the moment and he goes, he goes like, I'm half robot. Like it's, <laughs> it's like building up this him being like, like oh, him God. saying I'm black, but he says like, I'm half robot. And it's like... <laughs> It's so like as an adult, it is such a funny. Oh man, that's you great! You know what they're like priming you for? Yes. And then it says, "Man, robot." No, that's great. I love Teen Titans, man. I could literally watch that entire series over again from start to finish. Yeah, it's it's really good. I don't even know what the ending of it was. I feel like it didn't have a definite ending, right? I don't think that it was like a show think, with an ending. Unfortunately, I think it was supposed to get another season, but it just like didn't get renewed. That's what I kind of remember too. Something about it just not is not happening. Yeah, really good show though. Uh, okay, so another show on here, Dexter's Lab, was my jam. I 
loved Dexter's Lab as a kid and his annoying ass sister Dee Dee. So his uh, what's his name? Uh, Mandark. Mandark. Yeah, Yeah, Mandark was annoying as fuck. It was like his rival who was also exceptionally smart. So L and Light. Uh, But then you also had his thick ass mom. Like Dexter's mom would have on those those gloves and she'd be thicker than a snicker. There'd be episodes where they would just show her in a bikini. His mom, and this comes up in memes now, right? Like his mom you know that, you know, was the, hella the, it's, thick. It's called Hartman Hips. The artist for a lot of these Cartoon Network shows is a guy named Dan Hartman. Okay. I think I think it's him. And a lot of the females that have those hips, those like thickness, it's because of like, him. On the internet, people, if you type in, like, Hartman Hips, like, you'll... It'll come up. So, remember The Invincibles, the the movie The Invincibles, very famous movie. The mom from The Invincibles is also hella thick, and she just reminds me of Dexter's mom. Like, just outrageously a thick girl. Uh, But yeah, Dexter was great. I related to Dexter as a kid, not because I think I'm a genius or anything like that. More so because if there was this one episode in particular that still resonates with me today, because it is still who I am today, and it's... This is like, I guess, one of my, um, what, what are you, I'll say a weakness for a lack of a better word. I'm sure there's a better term for this. But Dexter had this one episode where he went deeper into his lab and found all his creations that he made years ago that he no yeah. longer cares about. And they all rose up against him and attacked him. And like, they were really angry with him because he discarded them after he made them. And at one point, they were all his greatest invention. You know, he always starts off every episode by, this is my best invention yet. And he's super excited about it. But we never actually see them pass one episode, always. So they address, they address this in an episode where all of his creations came back to haunt him. And what that basically spoke to me about was, I'm a person who likes to acquire things, nice things. Like, I love clothes, for example. This is just one example. I love collecting clothes. Uh, they mean so much to me. It's one of my favorite things in, in life. And a lot of times what happens with me is that I will buy clothes... And I want it so, so fucking bad before I get it. But once I get it, I'll wear it one time or never and literally forget about it and not care about it anymore now that I have it. Like, once I acquire it, I don't care. And it's more so for me, it's the chase. I like the chase, I realize. Like, this is something about me as a person. I enjoy tracking packages more than I do actually getting the package safely into my apartment. Like... Tracking a package gives me such a dopamine rush, refreshing it and seeing it get closer and closer every time. And I've probably mentioned this on a podcast, but my closest friends notice about me. I yep. have a tracking addiction more than I have an addiction for just like shopping in general. Like yeah, I don't even yeah. like, I don't even like buying things in person as much anymore because you get it instantly. And it's like, well, I just have it now. I, yeah, I really like, yeah, I prefer like tracking it, seeing it get closer and closer. And then the day when it's out for delivery, Oh, it's like the biggest dopamine rush ever. Like my package is finally coming. I run to the door when I hear the doorbell. I get super excited. Then I bring it to the house and I forget about it. And Dexter, that episode of Dexter where he shows, like he ends up running into all of his old belongings that he used to love. Like at one point they were all his favorite thing in the world. And now he literally, because he has new things, he just kind of discards them and doesn't care about them. I'm the same exact way. So I've always resonated with him. I'm going to put you on blast real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong, if if I get this wrong, but I remember I went over your house one time and you had a fucking absurdly expensive, really nice pair of like red corduroys Yep, that I've never seen you wear. I never like, did. You were so excited to get them and you had like these red corduroys yep. and I've never seen you I, wear them. So I bought these red corduroys. 
Uh, this was a year when corduroys were like back and everyone thought that they were going to be a huge thing. And corduroys were fine in normal colors. For whatever reason, I ended up with a fucking red pair. And when I say red, I mean like bright ass cherry red. They were red <laughs> as hell. And I realized wearing, wearing the color red when it's really, really freezing in the dead of winter doesn't really make sense. Like red just doesn't really go with winter. Red is a, is a summer color, a spring color for all intents and yeah, purposes. Yeah. Like it's just not a winter color when it's dark outside at 4 30 5 o'clock you just don't wear red so they didn't really work in the winter but then they're corduroy and corduroy is too hot to wear in any other season that's not winter basically so yeah i realized that there was never a correct time for me to wear these red corduroy pants and they just stayed with the tag on them forever until i eventually donated them or gave them away to somebody i forget exactly what happened to them but i never end up Was wearing there? them so in the episode of Dexter, those things would have like strangled you. They oh yeah, because like, all of his creations, <laughs> all his creations attacked him. They were like angry with him. But I remember yeah. his sister would always, uh, she would just come into his lab and break his shit. What are you doing, Dexter? And she appear. She basically had Tune Force. She was very much like Bugs Bunny. She would appear all over the screen. Like she would come from the left side of the screen, then the right side, then the top, then the bottom, and she would just do all types of absurd things that just told me that this bitch had Tune Force. She was also the perfect annoying sister. Like watching that, she, like she annoys me to this day. Like, yes. thinking about her because she was just everything an absurdly annoying sibling can be. Like it's just like, will you fucking leave me alone? Like what? Yeah. Like even you don't have to be a, a genius with a lab. Like if you're just in your room trying to play your GameCube or your PS2, and then you have a sibling that's just like, what you doing? Huh? Can I play? And this starts like, touching shit. And then just yeah, starts touching shit, and you're like, stop. What do you stop? Like, oh, what are these? Do you can can you play uh fifty two bridge with these cards? What are the Yu-Gi-Mon? Can you play like hey, Jesus man? They get up and they start riffle shuffling your Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It's like, what are you doing? Do you remember Omelet du Fromage? Omelet du Fromage. That is probably the most quoted, long lasting quote from Dexter's Lab. I think so. hundred like, percent. Omelet du Fromage is everything. Omelet du Fromage. Did that episode have Mandark in it? I don't remember if it had Mandark in it. Because what was but, the premise of it? Basically, it was an omelet with cheese, but like, for whatever reason... He wanted to reason, learn French. I think okay. he was trying to learn how to speak French. And he was trying to learn how to speak French. <laughs> so when he went to sleep, he put on like a cassette that was like a cassette to teach you oh, French. Oh, and all he and learned think, was omelet du fromage. Yeah, I think the cassette got like stuck and kept repeating yeah. omelet du fromage. And then so when he woke up, that was the only thing he could say. It's all you can say. It's all you it's can all say. You can say. Yeah. I remember that now. That was the episode. Every no matter what, when he opened his mouth to speak, it was just omelet du fromage. There was I remember there was a scene where like his lips got real close to someone's ear. It was like omelet du fromage. Like, <laughs> so good. I loved his voice actor too. What a really, really good show. Dexter's Lab was amazing. Um, Dexter's Lab also had this interesting thing where it had shows in the show. So there was like the monkey show. Oh yeah, like monkey. monkey. I love and, those episodes actually. Yeah, that would like go off and do its own shit thing. And then it had the shows with like the fake Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh it was, like, man, the Incredible Bulk. Yeah, um, Van Halen. <laughs> Van Halen. Um, yes. And I forget the Captain America's name. But, Such uh, a good. Yeah, those were good episodes too. But yeah, Monkey was, was great. He had that hot ass chick that loved him. She was bad. Monkey. She looked like Betty Boop. She, she did like, like an Betty anime Boop. Betty Boop. Hair all greased down. Real shortcut. Yeah, man. Monkey was great. He was basically the good version of Mojo Jojo. In fact, of course, there were theories 
that that he, yeah, yeah monkey turned out to be mojo jojo after being jaded and being discarded and being laid off from the police force or whatever he was in he eventually Poor becomes God. he becomes the thing that he wants despised but yeah dexter's lab amazing show johnny bravo another show that probably Dude. in today's day and age couldn't survive because of all the things that he did like he was yeah a, i've I've seen people on the internet try to quote unquote cancel Johnny Bravo. Yeah, he was a hornball. You know, here's the thing about Johnny Bravo, though, right? He, it always, I don't know, maybe this is toxic. He always seemed harmless. I I agree. He's just like a goofball. So him and Pepe Le Pew both get a lot of bad rap now in 2022, like in this day and age where people are obviously extremely sensitive and the whole idea of like, you know, grape culture, trigger warning, I'm just going to say grape, but you guys know what I'm talking about. That whole thing, they try to say like, oh, these characters should be completely rewritten or they should be canceled entirely. Pepe Le Pew would never take, he wouldn't take no for an answer. So that bothered people a lot. Johnny Bravo was the same way. Like he basically would approach a woman and be head over heels about her, comb his hair backwards, you know, and he had some, yeah, hey, little mama. He had a, a line, a pickup line for everybody. And a lot of times the woman would just punch him in the face or slap him. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. He always lost. Like, yeah. my, I, I think that the thing, the reason why I actually, and maybe I, I could be like completely wrong on this or off base, but I think the reason why I don't think Johnny Bravo is problematic is he always lost. He did and always like, lose. He always got hit. The show always made him out to look like the doofus it never made him look like a hero yes you know what i mean so like one thing i did find cool about him though is i'm looking at his body type and he's a guy that just definitely skipped leg day so you see a lot of guys that look like johnny bravo in the real world where their upper body is huge like johnny bravo clearly works out a lot right he used to say hi with his pecs yeah (laughs) he was ridiculous and guys do that now yeah he's ridiculous as a person but he definitely skipped leg day he has the tiniest little legs and mind oh, you, this is a 90s cartoon, so they, they knew even back then that people were just skipping leg day. Yeah, but I liked like, him. I liked that he would carry a comb on him, just like how a lot of, you know, people in my culture, black culture, we carry brushes. So I related to him in that, and the fact that you got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Your hair needs to uh, always be well-kept. Johnny Bravo was on point, and honestly, if they rebooted it, I wouldn't mind if they made him a black guy who always kept the 360 wave brush on him. That would be fire. That'd be kind of fire. That would be so fire. I'm not going to lie, so... That actually like would be kind of sick, like a, a Johnny Bravo reboot, but it's like a black guy and he's like, yes, he shit. always got the nicest waves, but he combs it. Obviously, he brushes to the front because like in order to get waves, you brush them forward. Yeah, yeah. But that would be dope. That would be like like the opposite. Like Johnny Bravo combs yeah, backwards, yeah, he, he brushes. Has, like that brush, the brush that everybody like. It's like ninety nine percent, yes, ninety nine percent of black guys with waves. And he's just like, Phew. that would be so cool. But yeah, I, I really liked Johnny Bravo as a, as a kid. Um, I, I never turned away from it when it came on. It was one of the shows that I always watched. I think everything on my list pretty much. Like, I, So I have the, Flint, the Flintstones and the Jetsons on here as well. And these weren't like my absolute favorite cartoons, but they will come on before things like Toonami and the better cartoons like the Pop-Up Girls and stuff like that. They will come on really early in the morning because Cartoon Network at the time was a 24-hour cartoon network. This you, was before... This is, oh man, this is before, in my opinion, where Cartoon Network and kids' channels in general started to go downhill is when they all started to become primarily live-action kids' shows. Yes. Where it was like, Cartoon Network eventually started getting shows that were like people. Yeah, like, like real fucking people, which I never tuned like, into Cartoon Network for. Yeah, like, that's not why I'm here. I'm here yeah. to see cartoon 
cartoons on this network. Yeah, I want to see something animated. Like, give me animated all the time. Uh, so, yeah, there was a point where the Flintstones and the Jetsons, which my dad always made sure to remind me, this is what I watched growing up. So, same. I was going to say, I. so my dad never cared about the Jetsons, but Flintstones, I watched a ton. Yeah. Because my dad would watch it with me, and, like, he, he you know, he watched it, too. And then I did see the Jetsons, but overall, I liked the Flintstones more. When and they you're- even had with the Flintstones, have a yabba dabba do time, a dabba do time, we'll have a real time. They had that little song that everyone knew. Yeah, well, how you want to just not say the word gay there, though? They said, they said we'll have a gay old time. I, listen, all right, I said one day we're going to get canceled. I don't know when no, they would be. Listen, in the Flintstones... Did they really? They, is that the rural lyrics? That they're going to have yeah, a gay old time? Because gay, gay means happy, obviously. Gay but. means happy, yeah, as everybody knows. And... That's, they say in the Flintstones, because this is before the word gay was used. Uh, As a derogatory, yeah. yeah. They literally say in the Flintstones opening, it's the end, they say, like, we'll have a gay old time. I love that for them. I mean, I love the Flintstones. I used to think that cars were actually powered with your feet when I was really young. Because the Flintstones <laughs> is one of the earliest cartoons there is. Like, so Cartoon Network, I think, started in 1992. And okay. uh, so Flintstones was one of the first things on it. it like, that is day one. I, I feel like Flintstones is like a day one cartoon. Maybe, maybe year one something like yeah, that but i, I want to say flintstones probably existed even before cartoon well no it, right? it did i'm just saying that yeah. it was one of the first things put on the network yeah 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 because like you. cartoon network also has stuff like voltron which my dad also made sure to let me know yeah voltron was what i watched growing up and stuff your dad, like that. Your dad didn't realize he was watching anime yes he really didn't yeah. though like I, I still to this day don't think that he realizes that that is an anime but yes uh so yeah flintstones and jetsons jetsons had like who was it was it, it wasn't Leroy. What was the name? Elroy? The name of that little boy who was like super smart. They had a son. Oh, I don't remember his name. I just remember the opening of the Jetsons. And apparently, oh, this just came out this week. But apparently on July 31st. So that was what? Sunday? On July 31st, uh, the main character of the Jetsons was just born. He was born in 2022. July 31st, 2022 oh, was his shit. birthday. So we are so old. That the main character of the Jetsons was just born this past Sunday. Just a little yeah, fact to throw out there. Got flying cars and shit. Flying cars. They have uh, one of the coolest things of the Jetsons, and this is something I still wish we had a, a, a vending machine, right? Where you can order a couple different things. One of the things you can order is food, and it comes in a little capsule. And yeah. so you just like water the capsule, and it turns into whatever you order. So, like, if I wanted a steak with mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese, it come out in a little tiny capsule. I'd water it, and then it just turns into that. That'd be really dope. Although, obviously, it would probably be fucking weird. But still, I don't like cooking, so for me, that'd be I, great. I love old. I love the old look at what future technology would be. You know what I mean? Because like they don't know where we're going to go, Ever. and they thought things were going to be crazy. And so the idea of like a vending machine that like creates food. And I remember, um, this is Nickelodeon, but just like on this topic, there's an episode of Keenan and Kel where they go to the, where like they're in the future mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't know, New Year 3000. And so, but they still have CDs, but the CDs are like the size of your thumb. Like the CDs are like really like the size of like your thumbprint. Yeah. Like it, it's still, but they're still using CDs and they're just like really, really, really small. And it's like, they, they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they, they never, they never will get it right, obviously, but it's just interesting that in 2022, they theorized flying cars vending machines that have every single type of food in it. And then the other one I was going to say, and this is probably the most convenient for a lot of people, there was a hair machine and you literally just chose a hairstyle and it would, you you know, your head would go in it and it would just give you that hairstyle. And that would yep. be fucking broken. 
That would be so awesome. Like, right now, I have been contemplating what I would look like with dreads or with like, yeah. I don't know, some kind of long hairstyle. I've never had a long hairstyle. The most I've ever had is mostly like a curly top, a little fro curly uh, and waves. Those are like the only two hairstyles I've ever had in my entire life. And a lot of black guys these days have dreads or like locks or whatever you want to call it. And commitment though right it is a commitment because you have to grow your hair out and now well here's the thing nowadays a lot of guys are getting weaves like they grow their hair out to a, an extent where it can be grabbed and then they get actual hair weave and they get their their locks that way so they're not authentic locks that are made out of their own hair and this is actually becoming commonplace and accepted which is fine right because like women have been wearing weaves for decades and you know it should not be stigmatized at all if a man wants to do the same thing and it looks really nice in fact jimmy butler i think his name is very famous NBA player. Jimmy Butler last week now has locks. He went from having hair almost as short as mine to then having a curly top to now he just has full-on locks, like very long locks. And he had them up in a bun and everything like that. And then, of course, the internet was like, what do you think about this? How would you feel if your man came in and he had a hair weave? But, like, you can't... The thing is, you can't tell it's weave. It just looks like it's coming out of his fucking scalp because that's the day and age we live in where technology is that good where things don't yeah. look like they're synthetic or there probably is human hair. Actually, now I think about it. Cause like, why would you lock synthetic hair if that's even possible? But yeah, a machine that you could click a button every morning and it would just do your hair or give you a hairstyle that you literally couldn't even have. That's awesome. Yeah. It, that would be awesome. Cause like, for example, I've grown my hair out over the last year and a half. Yes. And I, similar to Fraser, have never grown my hair out. My hair has been in a cup, like, Throughout my whole life, a couple styles, like a fade, yeah. you know what I mean, a shape up, whatever, like nothing. Like I was just low cuts. And then um just one day, I was like, I wonder what it would be like. So I was like, fuck it. And I just grew my hair out. And I'm at the point now where like I'm cool with it. Like taking care of it can be annoying, but it's not annoying. Uh or I don't think it looks stupid anymore. There's an in-between period where you look like shit. Yeah. Where like you're growing your hair out and like it just doesn't look good. But I think you get past that point and it's cool. Yeah, everyone knows about the dreaded, the ugly phase, we call it. Yeah. That phase, I dread that phase every time I think about growing my hair out, which again, I've been thinking about like, oh, if I did want to lock my hair, I could technically just grow it out for like two months and get it enough where someone can grab it. I actually have a lot of cousins who do hair and even my, my sister does hair too. But I could get it to the point where they can just attach some you know, human hair weave and give me, give me locks and I can see what I look like, but there has to be a simpler way. There has to be a filter on Snapchat or something that can simulate me with locks so I can see what it will look like. Cause if I don't like it, I'm cutting it the same. I cut my own hair. Like as of 2013, I've been cutting my own hair for almost 10 years now. It's been nine years. I've been cutting my own hair and I'm the barber of many of my friends. So if I don't like it, I will just get rid of it and go right back to what I have right now, which is just 360 waves and call it a day but i really do want to see there's a couple of hairstyles i want to try and we're off on a tangent right now obviously but the jetsons made me think of this because it's one year 2022 he was born and also the hair machine uh this is one hairstyle i want to try where you get dreads that are not super long they're like medium length let's just say and you have two of them that just hang down like bangs like just two bangs it looks so yeah, cool yeah, yeah. i've actually seen a couple guys have that style and it just looks so cool. I have no idea if it'll actually look good on me. But they typically wear the rest of their dreads in a ponytail. Like, they have them pulled back. And it's just like a little ponytail. And then they have the yep. two bangs hanging down. And that just looks sick to me. Like, it just looks so sick. But anyways, Tom and Jerry. So, when I was growing up, Tom and Jerry, another super old cartoon that existed way before Cartoon Network. Uh, one of the most famous cartoons there is. 
I used to love Tom and Jerry yeah. growing up, and that is a cartoon. So this is like when I think about super authentic cartoons, I'm talking about the ones that had no talking. <laughs> like there is Tom no talking. Fucking classic. Dude. It is the definition of a classic cartoon. Like it is the quintessential cartoon. There's literally no talking whatsoever. Sometimes they'll say like Tom will yeah. yell. There'll be yell, or sometimes there's a song. One of my favorite episodes is when Tom is like, he's got the hots for like the white cat. It's uh-huh. like just the cat with is white you fur. Is you is you is ain't you my, is, oh, is you ain't my, my baby. baby. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love that episode. He just comes out and he's like doing the little, the little yep. hop. The little and it has step. that that amazing music from like the 50s or whatever. Yeah, dude. That jazz. I, I love that. Episode. There's actually a lot of jazz in Tom and Jerry, but yes, Tom and Jerry is amazing. I remember the top, the top hat cats. They would come in. They would be like the mafia kind of guys. Um, they have that little walk they do, like with their shoulders. They kind of walk like a certain way. <laughs> they were great, but yeah, Tom always got his ass whipped by Jerry. No matter what, that fucking mouse always had his number, and he pretty much could never catch him. But for some reason, it never got boring to me just watching. I almost want to say hundreds of episodes of Tom and Jerry. Like, obviously, there probably weren't actually a hundred, but there were so many episodes of them just going back and forth. Tom trying to read the newspaper and, you know, Jerry just doing something in the background that pisses him off. And then he has to go inspect it and find out. And that's a meme nowadays. So you always see the meme of Tom holding up the newspaper and looking real mean yeah, to the side. Yeah, yeah. That that meme is great. Like, that's just us now. A lot of the things on Cartoon Network are just us as adults. Like that's that's one of the things that makes Cartoon Network so great is that now I relate to so much of it. For example, there's that one episode of Pop-Up Girls where a guy turns evil because his life is perfect. I and remember this episode. Like his life is basically every day it's on repeat. So he wakes up, his wife gets everything ready, she makes breakfast. She's like, you'll never guess what's for breakfast. Pancakes! Yep. And then he goes to his job, he fills mustard jars all day, and then he comes home, he gets the same dinner, he eats peas, and then it's the same exact thing, which is literally basically showing us what it's like to be an adult. Yeah. Like being an adult is basically, wild. it's so good. And then a professor is like, my life is so perfect. He's just <laughs> singing his song about his life being so perfect as the guy is fucking miserable. That guy is us. And so it's just great. Like seeing how, you know, being the guy that has the wife and kids and the job. I forgot and- about that until, like, it's hard to remember specific episodes, but as soon as you said it, I remembered that episode, and that mm-hmm. episode really is fucking tragic. Eat the pee, Professor. Eat the pee. Like, he goes crazy. He basically loses it, which is what? Mental health. He has a mental health breakdown. Yeah. But that episode, I relate like, to it. He's just kind of forced into, like, you know, that that work culture. Yeah, society... You have to survive. He he married. He had children. He works, and he's your life is on repeat. And next thing like, you know, he has a great life. Yes, quotes. Like, he makes good money. He's got yep. a good house. He's got a wife and kids. Like yep. he should be happy. Happy, but, but like, that's just not fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. it's it, that's that that episode's very deep. And as a kid, it's just a funny episode. But when you're older, you're like, damn man, that guy was going through it. He needed a therapist. He, yeah, yeah. That guy snapped. Up. He put a fucking. A gun, like it wasn't a real gun, but he put a gun up the professor's head and made him eat a pee. And that is one of the funniest scenes ever because when a professor sticks the fork into the pee and slowly puts it into his mouth, and then they show him chew it for like literally 30 seconds. Like he chews it, and then like it's just like going from left to right, and then his cheeks are getting swollen, then they get small, swollen, and small. And then after a while, the guy gets to know he's like, swallow it. <laughs> and the professor actually, you know, he swallows the pee, but. A lot of people, I hopefully remember that episode. It's one of the best to me, um, just because now yeah. as an adult, 
I can relate to it. Like I'm not miserable. I'm not on the on the brink of a, a psychotic snap or anything. But I relate to the idea of feeling like your life is on repeat and just doing something that make you shake it up, like starting a podcast, for example. Yeah. So 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 yeah, bringing it back to pop off girls. But I love Tom and Jerry. Another big one is Scooby Doo. Dude, Scooby Doo and the a million spinoffs, right? Because Scooby Doo, thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, a pup named Scooby Doo. Uh, what's new, Scooby Doo? What's new, Scooby Doo? Scooby Doo, we do, do we do? Yeah. And then there's like uh the oh I think a pup named Scooby Doo is the one with their kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's the dreaded everybody hates Scrappy Doo. Yep. Which when I was younger, I didn't hate Scrappy Doo. I didn't I mean, hate I it still at all. Don't, I still don't hate Scrappy Doo. Puppy but power. For for anybody that does or doesn't know, Scrappy Doo. I guess we were kids at the time, so we're, we weren't like the boomers of that era. Yeah. But Scooby-Doo was like a classic cartoon. And then the Scooby-Doo fans, right? I guess the people that were like 17 at the time or whatever, when Scrappy-Doo got introduced, like everybody, like the old school fans of Scooby-Doo hated Scrappy-Doo. And it became such a hated uh, member of the series that in, when they made the Scooby-Doo movie, I don't know if you guys remember, spoiler alert for the Scooby-Doo movie, if you know, whatever. <laughs> Stop. But, we're not giving a spoiler alert for the Scooby-Doo but, movie. <laughs> The big reveal of who the villain is in the Scooby-Doo movie is that it's Scrappy. Scrappy-Doo is the villain of that movie. Yeah. And the guy that made the movie said he pretty much did that because he hates Scrappy. Damn, so he made him the villain out of hate? That's insane. I love Scooby-Doo growing up, though. I loved every version of Scooby-Doo. So the original one that, again, my dad probably watched, and the graphics are not up to par with like some of the newer versions. A pup named Scooby-Doo was amazing, and I was just singing a song, which after over 20 years... I still know the words to that song. Uh, And then 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo was really cool. And they had some sorcerer dude that kind of reminds me of Doctor Strange now that I think about it. Yo, do you remember, like, I don't remember exactly what it was called, but I'm going to just say Scooby-Doo and Friends, where it would be like Scooby-Doo and Batman or Scooby-Doo and the Harlem Globetrotters. Yes, randomly. (laughs) I like those episodes, too, where they had the Harlem Globetrotters. They made me think that those were, like, magical people in real life. (laughs) The, you remember the episodes? They would just do fucking magic, basically. They would be doing magical yeah. things with the ball. They were insane. Like Fat Albert and Scooby-Doo. It was ridiculous. Scooby-Doo had a lot of little spinoffs, a lot of crossovers. But yes, he he taught us to trust no one, right? Because the the your biggest hater or the villain in your life is always somebody you know. That's yeah. what you, That was the lesson from Scooby-Doo. You unmask the villain and it's always... It's Professor Van Dyke. It's like yeah, always it's someone always. you know. But you know what was fucked up? Fred was a fucking pimp, and he always took the bitches. He did always take every the episode. It was he'd always be like, like, "All right, Shaggy, you go with the dog." He's, like, "I'm, I'm going with the lady." I mean, I'm going, I'm going to here. take Daphne and Velma and go this way, and you take Scoob and go that way. And it's like, yo, first of all, they never ever found anything. The group of three people <laughs> never found a single fucking thing. <laughs> Ever. You know what they were doing? They were fucking. They were getting high and they were fucking. They were fucking. You know what's crazy? In the, mo- in the age of the modern internet, I feel like the, the the character from Scooby-Doo that everybody's like, everybody loves Velma now and like Velma's like the one like, that's like, like when people talk about like, yeah, ideal, like she, they, up, they draw her really thick and they have her with yeah. the glasses. Yes. But it's funny because, like, if you look at the time period when the show was created, it's so obvious that Daphne was supposed to be the, the, yeah. the trophy girl. She was conventionally beautiful in that sense. 
Yeah, but we, where we are now in 2022, everybody's like, fuck Daphne, give me Velma. Yeah, everyone wants Velma now. You're definitely right about that. Uh, Fred used to have his little ascot on, and he was just... He was a character. They were all great, though. I loved, you know, Velma used to lose her glasses. She would always say jinkies. Mm-hmm. And let's split up, gang. Or, you know, Shaggy and Scooby running from the ghost or whatever monster was was chasing them every time. Yeah, I'll, and they would get fucking high off Scooby snacks. They get high off Scooby snacks. Also, Scooby obviously, Shaggy was definitely toting weed all the time. And in the movie, I think that it was kind of more obvious in a, in a live action movie that Shaggy was a stoner. Right, like, yeah, he's definitely a stoner. The mystery machine, right? Like it's, it's called mystery like, machine. It's like a, it's like a hippie. It's like a big hippie. Yes. Too, like yeah, they're they're hippies. They're uh they're like gypsies, you know that whole vibe. They're traveling around. They don't really have a home. They're just like five random people or four people and a dog. They just kind of go around and uh solve solve mysteries, but really just get high and stumble upon things and think that they solve some shit. How much you want to bet there's a fucking theory out there that, like, they didn't do any, like, they didn't do any of the adventures they did. They were just high as fuck in the back of a van. And they're like, oh, Scoob! Not only that, <laughs> but the dog was dead, and, you know, there's always, like, it gets real dark, right? All of those yeah. creepypasta things, they always get real dark that Scooby-Doo actually died when they were children, but they all had a dog named Scooby-Doo, and it brought them together, so he's been haunting them this entire time with ghosts. There's just some wild shit on the internet. If you go on Reddit too long, if you go too deep in a Reddit, you will find like the deepest, darkest, craziest shit of your childhood. Okay. Did you watch uh oh, okay. No, go ahead. I was gonna say there's some shows that I did not watch and you started to talk about did you watch? So I want to hear what you were gonna say. So did you watch Kids Next Door? Nope. And that was one of them. So I have a list of shows that I didn't watch, but I know they're extremely popular. One of them is Codename Kids Next Door, which I kind of saw some of it, but I never fully sat down and watched it. But that was one where they had like one, two, three, four, and five or whatever. Like people were. Dude, this show, I was so fucking into this show. And it's one of those shows that I thought was so cool, but you're also jealous of it. Because I was like, man, I wish I could be in a fucking. Because the premise. Yeah. The premise was that like all the, when, when you're a kid, you get, like, added to, like, this fucking secret agent group. And, like, you do things to protect kids from, like, adults and, like, save kids from, like, oh, wow. whatever. And so, the, you know, they had, like, a treehouse and, you know, number one and, you know, all this shit. It was really cool. The, they, and they just did, like, really cool, fun shit that were, like, kids. But then it's, like, recontextualized. I don't know. It, it's it's dope. But there is an episode that is blatantly like a Dragon Ball Z parody. Have you ever seen this? <laughs> I don't know. There is a part, so there was, like, I forget the name, but there was, like, these, like, these four, like, kids that were, like, really stuck up and preppy, and they always did everything their dad said, and so there's an episode where the animation changes, and they they become Frieza. They become, like, a four-headed Frieza, and they what? blatantly look like Frieza. The art changes, and the number four, he's the one with the orange hoodie yeah. and the blonde hair. He goes super, like, he's Goku. Like, he goes super <laughs> Saiyan, and they're fucking rumbling. <laughs> and it's, like, legit. Like, they changed the animation and everything. And, they're like, it's Goku and Frieza just rumbling. Oh, that's great. Next door. I'm but, sure uh, it's a show that I wouldn't mind watching even now, because when I did catch glimpses of episodes, my best friend used to watch it. And when I would catch glimpses of episodes, uh, I never was mad that it was on. But it's just something that, for whatever reason, I don't know exactly why, but I never was around or was watching TV when it was airing. Like, whatever time yeah. it came on, for some reason, I was always doing something else. Yeah, you just didn't catch it. It was cool, man. I remember all, like, the main five, I remember them, and they, it was really cool. There was an episode where, like, they had to fight the lunch lady because the lunch lady was, like, serving, like, 
fucked up food. <laughs> Which is like what they making, do in real life. She was like making like evil food and shit. So they had to go in and like fight fight the lunch lady and like fight her her food creations. So there's Codename Kids Next Door, and there's also uh Steven Universe, which is relatively newer Yo. compared to some of the other stuff. So on the note of Steven Universe, I didn't really watch it because it's it's new, right? Yes. Obviously I didn't watch it growing up, it's new. But recently it's on Hulu. And recently I've been watching it. And I'm on like season three or season four. Steven Universe is actually really fucking good. I've been watching it. It's really fucking cool. Um, I know there's a lot of people that don't like it because it's woke or progressive. Um, I don't know. You guys are weird. Yeah. Uh, like people just hate progress, which is a fucking weird hill to die on. But go off. Yeah, Because the shows I would I would argue the show is really like progressive. But it's another one of those examples where at least in my opinion, it doesn't feel like it's trying to like flaunt it doesn't feel like it's trying to be like look how cool we are because we're progressive it's just a show that's progressive and it feels fucking natural and it's yes. a really it's a really good show because but, isn't garnet blatantly black or something like that yeah i mean she's i, I would argue she's like um what's the word i'm looking for because like she's not a human yeah right? none of them are human but, but she her she has she has black woman's hair it looks like she has like a yeah, kind of like a fro-ish Vibe. She's definitely black, like a black analogy. I yes, you know what I mean? and, like, and I think her voice actor is black, or sound, it sounds black when I heard it. One of the, so one of the things that they do in this is like the crystal gems; they can like fuse, and one of the fusions it's garnet and amethyst, and the voice actor is Nicki Minaj. Oh and shit! Like, she actually does a great job. Like I'm not going to hold you. Yeah, Nicki Minaj does a this. great job voicing the one character. I've like, heard amazing things about Steven Universe, specifically from another podcast called The Read, which is my favorite podcast in the world next to the one that we do. But like The Read is basically who this podcast like was kind of paying homage to when I first thought about the idea of really doing a podcast because I listened to them every Thursday when it would come on. And I think that just this year, it actually stopped because the main guy, Kid Fury, has an HBO show now. Um, so shout out to him that it's great that he's like making really big moves. And I hope they come back to it at some point. But uh, I really loved the read and they would always talk about Steven Universe. And I was like, man, these grown ass people are talking about this kid show onto Cartoon Network, but they would talk about it in a way that made it sound relatable and something that I could enjoy even in my, you know, years you, now, like my can. older age you honestly can the show's very good it it feels warm to watch it yeah they it, said that i just want to watch something to make me feel good it feels good but then also what's really really cool about the show is when the show first starts you won't realize that the show first starts and it's kind of just like a cartoon and like stuff happens but there's like a light continuity there's like a light line drawn through it and it it's like feels lightly connected but as it progresses, each episode becomes more and more connected to the point where I'm at now is it's not a random like every episode follows the episode after it. Now, yeah. pretty much. Like, it is a legit continuity. There's an actual story and there's just like really cool world building and lore and mysteries. And you're like, what the fuck? And so it's a show for kids and it does all these other cool things. And it's like inclusive and all this stuff. But then it's also just it's fucking amazing. Like, Do you it's think it's everything. Uh... You think it's podcast worthy? Like we could do a whole episode on it. I a hundred like if you were to, I I would love to do a whole episode on Steven Universe. So love there's to. there's a few things I want to do a podcast episode on. Uh, Rick and Morty I've never seen. Rick and Morty is very good too. I could do a whole podcast episode on yep. that. I want to do Rick and Morty, so I'll binge that, and then I'll also binge watch Steven Universe because I'm genuinely interested in it. And when I looked up top ten Cartoon Network shows of all time, 
Steven Universe is on the list. It's very good. Another one, and I kind of grouped these together because I watched them around the same time. Um, Adventure Time is really good too. And yep. that's another newer one. I assume you didn't see that. I either. have not seen much of it. I've seen a little bit of it, and the little bit I've seen of it is a rant and hilarious. Yeah, Adventure Adventure Time is fucking hilarious. Adventure Time is really fucking It's like that little dog and the guy, the little boy with the blue, he's like the blue hoodie in the backpack or whatever. Yeah, that shit is hilarious. Finn the human and Jake the dog. But Adventure Time is another one, and it's, I have to give them credit, because, like, Steven Universe and Adventure Time, for, they made a cartoon that is really, in my opinion, enjoyable for kids, like, kids can watch it and be entertained, but they did something a little different where... When we were growing up, a lot of the cartoons we watched, they were cartoons, and they had humor or jokes in there to bring the adults in. What Steven Universe and Adventure Time do is a little different, where they're cartoons made for kids, but the the plot structure and the story that they create over time, like, it starts off kind of random, but then as they tie it all together, it has, like, a plot that's interesting for adults. You know, yeah. like, so even though it's a cartoon for kids, it ends up draw- drawing things together to like actually make an adult or someone older invested in what's going on and the mysteries and the stories and the and the foreshadowing and you're like holy shit like they're really going crazy on this yeah i, I might actually start steven universe today um just because i i'm genuinely interested in the the world of that yeah so in adventure time like i i, I i'm not gonna say i'll watch adventure time but i remember seeing bits and pieces of it and it just being really really funny like you said they took a different approach to it to get people to to kind of watch it. I know it's just funny because the dog is hilarious. Like he would dog just, he would just say things and I'm like, yo, the dog should not be talking like that on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Like he just the says things that are way good. too adult. He's like over it all the time. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, there's an episode. There's like a whole episode. It happens more than once, right? But Jake has like this whole past where he used to be like the Jake, the dog. He used to be like a bank robber. <laughs> oh <and> shit. <laughs> he used to be like a bank robber and like he would rob people and he was in a gang he did all this shit, and, like, he's telling the story, and, like, Finn finds out about it, and Jake, with, like, no remorse, was like, well, I didn't know it was wrong, and, like, just didn't care. Like, like, didn't care. He was like, well, I didn't know it was wrong, and, like, he would just, like, do shit, and just like, well, you know, well, it was a different time. I didn't know it was wrong. It was a different time. I was a fucking whole bank robber out here. I was in a gang. That is wild. And, dude, the I didn't know it was wrong, it was, had me dying. Like, there, it's really good. Okay, so there's only a few things left on my list. So I have Ben 10, another show that I really didn't watch that much because it's relatively newer, but I do see him come up in conversations a lot about Versus for whatever reason. He's broken. People like to put Ben 10 against some crazy... They'd be like Ben 10 versus Superman and Ben 10... Like they just throw him in versus Spider-Man versus Static Shock versus all these other heroes who you've seen on like WB or Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or whatever. And uh, apparently he's, like you said... He's very he's, powerful. He's very broken. I don't I don't know exactly where it all goes. So I watched so at first like original Ben 10. I remember I didn't really watch it. Um my cousin used to watch it a lot and I would I would be at my cousin's house. And so like I would see it but I wasn't really interested. But then there's like Ben 10 uh I forget what the sequel's called, but there's essentially a sequel where he's not 10 year anymore. He's like a little bit older and yeah. in the picture we have on Patreon where Ben 10 is standing next to Finn and Jake or in between them. That's like the older Ben 10. So there's when he's younger and that show's like, okay, but then there's the older one. And that show I remember watching and like that one actually ended up hooking me in and was like, I don't know, really, really cool. He has like some kind of watch or something that lets him transform into aliens. Yeah. The watch has like, I think initially just had 10 different aliens in it. 
and he would transform the different aliens for different times. But then, like, by the end of the series, the, the watch had, like, a hundred aliens in it. Yeah. And he could, like, morph in all kinds of... His power shit. scaling got out of hand, as all things do. Yeah. He went yeah. insane. They're, like, Ben 10's planetary, and I'm like, okay, guy. Like, just... Once you start talking about power scaling with Ben 10, and he's planetary, he's universal, and I was like, I can't but yes i'm sure that show is also phenomenal a lot of people love it uh and it's just on my list because i I didn't want to forget anything like that the grim adventures of billy and mandy another show that relatively new i actually watched a bit of this one and i thought it was was great like grim being the you know the agent of death i guess the grim reaper um you know that show is also really funny uh, he's like also the, just like a bitter old man. That's what I was going to say. He's, he's crotchety. Kind of, he's a fucking he, crotchety old man. And, they, you know, youth is wasted on children, of course. So he can't stand them because they're young and dumb. And they get themselves in all these situations. There's an episode of uh, of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And um, I just know I, I might be annoying for a second. But it's one of the first ones I always think about. But Billy is... I forget what happens, but the whole episode, Billy is basically just going, destroy us all, destroy us all, destroy us all. And like, he does it for the whole fucking I love his character, that he's kind of like a little bit on the spectrum. Yeah. He's just ridiculous. And his sister's like, obviously the super intelligent uh, for her age. She's a little too mature, kind of, you know, she's that character. But then he's just off, for lack of a better word. He's just completely off. He's. Yeah, really good show. And then we have I'll be back, back to the past Samurai Jack. Watch out. I used to love Watch Samurai her. Jack. The so I want to say a couple things about this. The art style, phenomenal. The music, phenomenal. The villain and the storyline, phenomenal. This show was very ahead of its time. I think that is it is kind of slept on a bit. Like obviously, the ones who know, know. And the ones who don't, y'all need to know because Samurai Jack was actually that work back in the day. It really was. Like, it was so fucking good. And it was also, like, it was an interesting take because it was, there was dialogue, but it was also kind of a silent show. Yes. Like, there wasn't much talking. The show's, like, premise, its aesthetic, its setting, its mood really set the tone for it. And it didn't, it wasn't a show that progressed with dialogue much. It just yeah. showed you what was happening. You just had to interpret what was going on by watching the images on screen. And it, it did such a great job of portraying emotion and amazing fight choreography and just really cool ways to play with shapes. Because a lot of it was like the art style played with really sharp shapes all the time. Like that was kind of the thing. Everything was edged off really sharp. I don't know. It was a really, really good show. And I remember when it was first about to premiere, when it came out, I was super excited. And every time I watched an episode of it, I was completely glued to my TV in silence, just watching everything unfold on screen. And that's kind of, like, I'm sure I was already watching anime at the time, at least Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that, but that also helped me to like sword anime and things like that, like Roroni Kenshin and, you know, Tenchi, stuff like like Anything that uses sword, I was I basically got into it because I enjoy Samurai Jack so much, and I realized why well, I also liked lightsabers and things like that. Oh. I was just naturally a kid who liked swords, so when I saw Samurai Jack, I was like, well, why not? Yeah, Samurai Jack is really good. I'm looking at this picture, and there's so many I want to mention real quick. Did you watch Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? I did not. So Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. It was a cool show. It's basically just like there is a foster home where you know, like kids create imaginary friends. Their imagination creates these imaginary friends. They become like real. Obviously, like adults and stuff can't see them, I don't think. Right. But then eventually kids get old enough and then like their imaginary friends basically get abandoned. And it's like there's this foster home for like these abandoned imaginary friends 
And then, like, sometimes these imaginary friends will get adopted for, like, new kids that need an imaginary friend. So there's all these different imaginary friends that are really cool, but there's this one, his name's Wilt, or I think his name's Will. His name's just Will. He's this really, really, really tall red guy, and he's really good at basketball, and he only has one arm. What's really cool is that eventually, later on in the series, it gets revealed, although not blatantly, they don't say it's Michael Jordan, but it gets revealed that he was Michael Jordan's imaginary friend when Michael Jordan was younger. Oh, that's cool. and Will's kind of supposed to be like the imaginary friend version of Will Chamberlain. Yes. And he was Michael Jordan's imaginary friend. It's really fucking cool. So yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to that because I thought that I, I think it's a cool show in general. And I thought that was like a cool because that the character Will is in the show the whole time. And then like toward the end of the show, you find out that he was Michael Jordan's imaginary friend. That's and, dope. Uh, I like stuff like that. I like when cartoons just pay homage to. To like older generation things like Michael Jordan was really technically before our time. Like, yes, we did exist at the end of his career, but me and you didn't really yeah. watch Michael Jordan play like that. Like if we're being yeah, honest. Like, but I was like, I was, you know, I was born in like 91. So like I wasn't there for the 96 Bulls. Exactly. You know what I mean? I was, like, I was I, five or four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I couldn't really enjoy whatever my dad and the other people watching sports at the time enjoyed. Right. So, uh, but that is, that is dope. Uh, the next two to kind of wrap this up. So next to our heavy hitter, so we got cow and chicken. Cow and chicken, yeah. Cow and chicken, yeah. Cow and chicken, yeah. Cow. Moo. <laughs> that was like always the way the show came on on Cartoon Network. I used to love that show. It also, as we spoke about it a little earlier, it has a gay devil in it. And he's basically the main like villain character. Uh, then it has Super Cow. And it spoke Spanish, like Super Cow. There was this one episode, for whatever reason. Ranting too. It did start ranting. Yo, there was this one episode where the devil tried to basically figure out like who Super Kyle was and basically to capture him and everything. So he came up with all these ideas to figure out. He knew, like, okay, this is Kyle and Chicken's house, and I know that Super Kyle lives in his house, but how do I know which person in his house is actually Super Kyle? And he's thinking, he's like, okay, what do I know about Super Kyle? Oh, she speaks Spanish. So the first thing he does is he shows up with like burritos and fucking a Mexican hat on his head and he knocks on the door. He's like, hey, does anyone in here speak Spanish? Kyle answers the door. and She's like, nope, no one in here speaks Spanish. Goodbye. Close the door in his face. He's like, all right, what else do I know about uh, Super Kyle? And he's like, uh, okay, it also uh, will save me if I'm in trouble. So he like he knocks on the door and when she opens the door. He's like on the ground impaled by tons of kryptonite. Like there's just kryptonite all in his back. And he's like, oh my God, will somebody please save me? Somebody please help me. And then Kyle's like, well, I'm just a cow. I can't do anything. And then close the door in his face again. And he's like, I've had enough of this. So he's like, okay, what else do I know about Super Cow? And he's like, oh, wait, it's a fucking cow. And he opens the door. And as soon as Kyle says anything, he just snatches it and runs. <laughs> Dude, cow and chicken was funny. And then. Once again, this was another one of those shows that had a show in the show. Yeah. Remember I Am Weasel? Yep. I Am Weasel. I Am. And then do you remember IR Baboon? Oh my God. IR Baboon was so. So, do you want to talk about innuendo? Because he had that butt, the red <laughs> butt, and he'd be like bouncing it and shit. And then the cow was always talking about, I'm hurting. And it would be grabbing on its udders and fucking stroking its udders. That show <laughs> was insane. But the, oh the I Am God. Baboon was in like the butt. And then the devil's ass was always out too. He'd always yeah, be in, he'd always be in some compromising position with his ass up. Like he'd be face down ass up way too much. <laughs> oh man, just waiting for him to come get him. Yes. So. 
Right. It was insane. There should have been a crossover between those. But yes, Cow and Chicken was wild. Definitely a show that adults can enjoy or like get something out of because a lot of the material was definitely marketed more towards a more mature audience, even though obviously the show was made for children. Uh, I, I really liked Cow and Chicken. It's something that I always watched when it came on. And I thought it was just a really funny show. But yeah, Cow was a rant. And yeah, it was it was just a rant. The whole show. Another Another classic. It's like a new classic. But uh, regular shows really fucking good. I heard about I know, that one as well. I, yeah, I don't think you watched it, but I know you, when your roommate was Medina, I'm sure you've seen it a lot, because Medina would just put regular show on a lot. Probably. Um, but yeah, regular show is really good. I won't get too too much into that. But uh, one thing that we have to mention. So last but not least for me, is just, it's an S tier. And I brought it up very, very early on in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Okay, so before that, I want to throw a couple random honorable mentions. All right, go ahead. Do, do your honorable um, mentions. I like Chowder a lot. Chowder is like kind of a new show. I never, I didn't grow up watching it. I was, I think I was in high school when it came out. But something I always liked about Chowder was like, it had this weird art style where the patterns on the clothes wouldn't, like, they would be like wearing a shirt and the pattern, like, they would move, but their pattern on the shirt wouldn't move. So it made it look like the patterns were moving. Yeah. I don't know. It was really weird. It was trippy. But Chatter was cool, had a cool art style, I liked it. I really liked the amazing world of Gumball, because it was like cartoon characters, but this they were like in the real world or something, but it wasn't the real world. It was just like cartoon characters like rotoscoped on the real settings or something. I don't know. It was cool. But um I'm trying to see on this picture if there's any other ones I need to mention. I don't know. But uh yeah, I mean if you remember any while I'm talking about courage, we could yeah, do I'm that. So, Courage the Cowardly Dog is definitely one of the most iconic cartoons pretty much of all time. Yeah. It is such a good show. So, basically, this dog gets adopted by Muriel and Eustace. Uh, Muriel is like this old lady, and Eustace is this crotchety old man who hates everything. Right? Basically, the mom and dad from that 70s show in cartoon form is basically how I see them. They're like the same exact kind of characters. Muriel's very loving, very aloof, though. And then Eustace is just mean-spirited. And he'll do anything that he feels like he's getting over. So one of the main episodes is King Ramsey's curse on the news. They talk about there's like this slab and it's from an ancient Egyptian empire and it's been lost and it showed up somewhere. It ends up showing up on their property. So he Eustace finds it and it's worth a million dollars and he doesn't want to give it up. And so then the Pharaoh Ramses starts to haunt courage and the entire you know, little house that they're on. And every, I'm, this was so creepy to me as a kid, uh, but the use, like he would just keep saying, return the slab, like over and over again in, in his art style. So everything else was animated normally, but Ramsey's, the actual demon Pharaoh thing was animated in 3d. It was just a CGI. Yeah. It's fucking CG. She's CGI creature, basically. Uh, and it was a really, really, really good episode. And there's a lot of these, amazing episodes courage is such a cool show because i it, it is such an absolutely different tone yes than pretty much any other cartoon this is a cartoon showed up on for kids except uh, but like it was a dark show it was like it really was like a ho- a horror cartoon yeah like, I, now and some it, of the episodes were like, genuinely scary to me yeah like and it came out at a time i remember watching something on this a long time ago but it, they had a, a lot of trouble getting it on the air because there were there weren't horror cartoons. Cartoons were made to be fun and happy yep. and light, and it was really tough to get Courage the Cowardly Dog to like work and for it to get accepted because 
a lot of people didn't believe in it. They didn't believe in making like horror content for kids. It worked but though. It worked. It had this really dark, scary tone. Remember and Freaky Fred? He was the fucking barber the that barber? I mentioned earlier. He'd be like, oh my God, I'm so no. naughty. He, like, ha- and here's what's kind of interesting about that is when I was growing up, I do remember there being times when, like, there's just, like, little things that you either don't want to do or you're scared to do for one reason or another. Like, like going to basement. I remember when I was, re- there was one point when I was scared to get my hair cut because I went one time and it was, like, our usual barber. What like wasn't around. I think maybe he was on vacation or something. So my dad took me to like this other barber, and he was like this old man barber. And I remember he like hurt my fuck. Like he fucking hurt me. Like he was cut and like they are holding blades and shit. And like yeah. he was cutting my head and he like he fucked my head up. Like he Not nipped you or something. He like and he hurt, but like he did it multiple times. And, like, yeah. I said, and then like it just like hurt. And for a little bit, it created like a fear of going to the yeah, barber. That's a natural response. And I assume that's probably happened to a lot of people. Because it's interesting to create, like, a barber villain. And, yes. like, he was creepy and scary. And he and would he, shave like, things. He shaved the little girl's hair off and, like, made her bald because she was naughty. Oh, he was fucking weird. But, yeah, th- there was that one. So there's Freaky Fred, uh, The Demon in a Mattress, which is basically a parody of The Exorcist. So mm-hmm. Mario gets a new mattress and is delivered by actual fucking demons. And she gets possessed. She, her skin turns green. Her hair gets all like Medusa-like. And she starts doing actual yep. shit from the exorcist. Her head literally spins around 360. It actually comes off at one point in the episode. Like her fucking head comes off in this children's cartoon. It was so creepy. And I watched the exorcist as a kid, which I probably shouldn't have. And it gave me massive nightmares. But like seeing that in animated form did not help me to get to sleep. Not help you at all. Yeah. This show like... It's also cool because he was like using the internet before the internet exists. Well, I mean, the internet obviously exists. Yeah, but, but not, yeah, not what it, it was is like right now. Or what it is today. And so he would like look things up. Like, I think one time there was like these alien chickens that invaded. Oh my God, like, they creeped me out. Those fucking ducks or whatever they were with the big yeah. bulging eyes. Yes. They looked evil as hell. I hated those things. Though I know exactly what you're talking about. And then there was the uh, a Night at the Cats Motel. There's like this red cat and he had this, these giant spiders at his yep. motel. They, they stayed at it on the way home and he was basically trying to kill them. Oh, there was another episode called heads of beef where they went to a diner and the fucking chef was a giant pig who was basically covered in what looked like blood. I'm just say it like his, he had an apron on, but it had all these stains on it. And this one patron used the restroom. So Courage is observing the situation, right? Like they, they go here, they're ordering food, they're on their way home. They stop at this diner. It's a pig as the waiter. He's also the chef. A patron uses the bathroom. Patron never comes out the bathroom, but then the pig starts to collect the guy's belongings. Later, when they get their burgers, he can see the guy's face in his burger. Like Courage sees the guy's face that just went to the bathroom that never came back. So this is like extremely dark, right? Because they're insinuating that this guy got cooked into the meat on some wild shit. And you come to find out later in the episode, because it's still a children's show, that in the back, the pig has a wife and she likes to do sculptures of people's faces into the meat. But the entire episode, Courage is trying to prevent Eustace from eating his burger, which, you know, Eustace is hard-headed, so he eats his no matter what. But like the insinuation, the entire episode is that they're killing people and cooking them into the ground beef. And yeah, that was that was the other thing that was cool about Courage is that it cr- had this really dark horror premise, but 
they were really smart with it because it is still a kid's show. So they yep. have to make it at the end of the episode. They can't be like, well, they were eating people. So yeah, like, like that can't be the actual conclusion of it. But they can tell you that they're eating people the whole episode until they show like, oh, no, see, they were just like doing this. And yeah, it's it was really smart and cool and just tricky and clever. Yep. It's very good. I, I loved Courage. Another show that I would never turn the channel from. And I, I'm i pretty sure I've seen almost every episode of that show. Like, that show yeah, dude, was this, really well done. Um, this is making me want to, like, I want to go to go and, like, I need to find, because I don't think a lot of these shows are on Netflix or Hulu. I need to find, like, some kind of website where we can just watch some kind this of website, type of stuff. Because I want to watch, like, some cow and chicken now. So like, I would watch, watch these shows when I'm going to bed. These are the perfect uh, kind of shows. Me? Same. Same. I know you love putting on things when you go to sleep. I, I love it. I do too, as long as it's something I don't have to pay attention to. So I can't watch anime that is subbed when I'm going to bed because it's just impossible. I'm not going to read it. Uh, the other great things about these shows is that their episodes are usually 10 minutes, right? Yes, they're so short. So you can put it on while you're going to bed and legit watch one or two episodes and then go to sleep. Yep. Because it's only 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and then you fall asleep and then your sleep timer will turn your TV off and you're good to go. Yeah, I... I used to fall asleep as a kid to all of these shows. And I would wake up in the middle of the night and courage also smartly came on late at night. Yeah. Yeah. They would play it again at night. Yeah. It would, sure. it would be played at night. So it had the atmosphere of what's well, dark outside. And now this creepy ass show was on really, really good. I loved cartoon network. Again, I was a cartoon network kid more than I was anything else. Eventually I did become a Nickelodeon kid, but it, for me, it started off cartoon network. Like I watched tune heads, uh, like Looney Tunes, all of that stuff growing up. We didn't really talk about that too much, but all of those things, these are, especially uh, Toon Heads and stuff, they would show old cartoons that had no talking at all. But I love those all the same. And then you had like Yosemite Sam, that one chicken, I forget his name, but he would just be like super Southern. Oh my God, uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn, who's canceled He's now. He's the man. But he Wait, would what? Just, you can't cancel Foghorn? They, listen, they would talk... Falco Leghorn got super canceled. I forget exactly what he did. Oh, get out of here. They, they, they hate on all the old things that we loved. But basically, get the fuck out of here. Falco's the man. Every character from those old shows, those Looney Tunes and stuff like that, basically ended up becoming Space Jam, which I loved as a kid. Space Jam was like the shit for me growing up. And now LeBron James in Space Jam 2 is in multiverses. Yep. The- I've never seen Space Jam 2, but I do know that LeBron James is in multiverses. In fact, a lot of the characters we talked about today, Batman from the animated series is in multiverses. A lot of characters on this. Apparently, one of those broken characters is uh, Finn from Adventure Finn's Time. in there. Steven Universe. Steven Universe is also in the game, and I'm not sure if he's broken up, but I know Finn, people were complaining about him. I think he got patched already. Damn. But yes. Yeah, so- oh. You know what? On the note of multiverses and it being a Cartoon Network thing, a quick note, just a really... So nowadays, there's a lot more Smash clones, I'll call them, like Nickelodeon, um, All-Star Brawl, or multiverses, right? Yep. But one of the original ones to try to do it and absolutely fail is Cartoon Network <laughs> Punch Time Explosion. There's a game, it's called Cartoon Network Punch Time Explosion. It is essentially a Smash Bros. game. Uh, but with cartoon cartoon network characters, yeah, and it is fucking ter- it is absolute garbage. It is one of the it's so bad. And when you're, I just remember growing up like the only Smash game was Smash, and like that game's amazing. I've played it for a million hours. But yeah. sometimes you're like, I wish I could play a Smash game that was like not Smash. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can play a million different Street Fighter games that don't have Ryu in it. Is what I'm, but you can't play another Melee. And so I remember Punch Time Explosion came out, and I was really excited to try it. And that game 
is fucking horrible. It's just a, a complete cash trap. It's just a terrible game. Yeah, I uh I've seen a lot of the fake platform fight. We're not fake, but like their platform fighters are all in the vein of Smash Bros. But none of them get it get it quite right. Yeah, I would uh, even say quite right is too generous. They don't get it remotely right. Like, damn, they don't even just terrible, terrible bad. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on Cartoon Network. The Nickelodeon episode will be coming eventually as well. Uh, and we will be doing Death Note Part 2. We have a lot of episodes planned. I mean, we even came up with two new episodes just in this podcast alone. So I'm going yeah. to watch Steven and Universe, then, and I'm also going to watch Rick and Morty. There's a lot. Yeah, we're going to have some Yu-Gi-Oh! guests on soon, too. Quick note on Rick and Morty as we wrap out. I'm not going to say much about it, but Rick and Morty is a show. If you haven't watched it yet, and you haven't watched it because the fan base is toxic, I wanted to let you know. Just watch it. Don't let the fan base stop you. Because for a long time, I didn't really get into Rick and Morty either. Because, like, it was one of those shows that just, when I heard it, I rolled my eyes. Because a lot of people that like Rick and Morty are just really... I agree with exactly what you're saying. And I think that that's part of the reason why I didn't watch it when it was at the height. Because everyone kept saying it was the best show ever, and I hate that. Yeah, and not only were they saying it's the best show ever, there's shit, like, you can see on the internet of, like... There's like the whole Szechuan sauce joke, and like there's people Pickle going Rick to like McDonald's and, stuff like that. and like jumping on the counter. Anyway, the point is though, as as idiotic as the fan base may be, Rick and Morty on its own actually is a really good show. And I finally watched it years later. I was like, holy shit, this show is really good. It's not good enough where I'm going to become a fucking pop tart, but it is actually a really good show. Yeah. So. All right, well, before we get out of here, as always, I want to give a shout out to the people on our Patreon. So thank you guys so much for supporting I Am Their Podcast. This is the best time if you are not a patron member uh, or Patreon member. This is the best time to actually get a subscription because they actually charge you on the first of the month. So if you get one now, it's only like the third or the fourth when you'll be hearing this. Uh, I recommend you do it around this time, super early in the month. But check out our Patreon, I Am Their Podcast. Uh, And if you need a link to that, you can find it on our link tree. But you should be able to find it relatively simple. It's also in the description of every one of our YouTube videos. So there's a link to the Patreon there as well. Anyways, uh, for the people who are already supporting us, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. As I always say, it goes a long way. We have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Tari Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, uh, Giovanni Avelos, Alex Flamer, Ari Reynolds, CJ, Dad one Dennis Milburn, uh, Joseph Marcello, First to Home, Dalis Fernaris, S. Akuma, Mitchell Naus, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Sofiridis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Biz, Roz Weiss, Nick Stangel, Scott Palera, uh, our two-time national champion. I feel like I have to say this every single time because it's just <laughs> fucking such a feat and he graced us with his presence. So if you haven't heard that episode, it's one of our biggest already. Uh, but Hansel Aguero, uh, and then also, last but not least, Vincent Zen, one of our people who always writes in and gives us a nice listener letter every once in a while. So uh, check that out. Check out our Patreon. Uh, we also have full exclusive content on there like episodes that are only on patreon and also video versions of the podcast air as well so you can actually see the visuals for the episodes if you want and that's your type of thing if you prefer to see us because you can actually visually see us laughing or our gestures and stuff like that it makes it more immersive for you to check out our patreon and also if you just want to show support i do recommend a three dollar tier that also gets you access to our discord server um so yeah just check it out let us know and again we really do uh, appreciate everyone who's helping us grow it's been a year since we've been doing this and we have reached as many as 40 patrons at once was our highest uh, and that number fluctuates now it's like all you know between like 35 40 people uh that you know kind of go in and out as a revolving door so we really appreciate all of that 
And anyways, as I always say, do the things that make you happy, including reminiscing on old school cartoons. I am Weasel. <laughs>